Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, Warner Media enters the streaming wars as they announce their new streaming service. Spider-Man Far From Home brings in a record opening weekend box office. Terrific! And the upcoming San Diego Comic-Con schedule is out and Marvel will be there in Hall H. Plus our spoiler review of the third and final season of Jessica Jones on Netflix and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. This is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast, known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Chalk it, we heard it. Be funny, disturb it. Chalk it, we heard it. Spoiler alert. Chalk it, we heard it. Be funny, disturb it. Chalk it, we heard it. Hey, what's up? Hello, how you doing? Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero, TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And that's about it right now. We got no rugs this week. We are Sans, our felty puppet fuckhead rug boy. <laughs> I heard that he had a previous engagement, a very important puppet. I think he's still crying over the le- the fact that Spider-Man Far From Home isn't canon. Or it's something. so different. <laughs> Just accepted rugs and move on. It's so different. Why? Now he's attending this puppet poker party that's in the alley behind the Chinese food restaurant on the dumpster. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big event. All the Felties will be there. But hmm. we don't need him because uh, I got the soundboard. Like... Uh, you know, I can go, Rugs, what do you think of the TV show Gotham? Fuck that show. See, it works. He doesn't need yeah. to be here. You don't, you don't, we don't ever really need him yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right, Rugs? Absolutely. Terrific. Uh, and then the other weird thing why he couldn't be here is we're recording a little bit early for this week's show because somebody is going to Las Vegas <laughs> again. Bro, do you even podcast? He does in between trips to Vegas. That's true. What well, Anthony, will you have you thought about saving up to buy like a, a Vegas condo when you grow up? <laughs> I think that'd be too dangerous. A little a little home away from home. Little, I mean, all the money you're spending, you might as well have a place there. You know, show <laughs> off anytime you want. Well, this was for work, so I don't think I'm going to spend Even much if anything. Uh, maybe a little bit at night, but not. Not, this isn't at all like the typical Vegas trip. We'll see what uh, I foresee. I see in the future like a Vegas timeshare situation happening. Because I think it'd be too dangerous. It's, it'd be dangerous, but it would be fun for a while. Like, oh, it would definitely be fun. <laughs> and then I would come back home just completely bankrupt. <laughs> then you just live in your Vegas timeshare. Anyways, while we're here, let's get to the geek news. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. We're going to start with uh, the streaming wars, the direct-to-consumer streaming service 
Streaming Wars, otherwise known as SVOD. You've heard that term, SVOD, streaming video on demand. Mm. That's what all these things are. And uh, listener, get ready to open your pocket some more because there is a new contender entering the ring. In this corner, it is the official announcement just happening today. Warner Media's direct-to-consumer streaming service will be called, wait for it, HBO Max. Oh, shit. To the max, dude. It's very like 80s, early 90s. <laughs> HBO yeah, Max. Max. At least it's that plus or premium. Am I, am I going to get a lot of uh, late night Skinamax stuff? Yeah, it sounds like, ooh, let's go to HBO Max. Power yeah. to the max. Uh, and, uh, it's going to launch spring of 2020. Uh, prom- they're promising 10,000 hours of content, such as all 236 episodes of Friends. So, Whoa. yes, if you are a Friends fanatic, if those are your friends and you like to hang out with them, you're going to have to get the HBO Max. They did not announce any pricing yet, but the rumor that we talked about like a month ago, possibly a price point around 16 to $17 per month. And they would bundle in things. So, they have new exclusive movie production deals with Greg Berlanti, the CW-verse, and Reese Witherspoon. In addition to Friends, they will have all the episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm. Uh, it's also home for new Warner Brothers produced dramas for the CW beginning in the fall of 2019, including DC Entertainment Series, Batwoman, Riverdale spinoffs. There's a promo video, Anthony, if you click that second link up there, mm. they just put out a promo video saying introducing the new best big thing. And in it, you see clips uh, from everything. From Game of Thrones, Sesame Whoa. Street, uh, and uh, Justice League, all the DC movies. There's a uh, that show I love, Impractical Jokers. They're in there for a second. The most interesting thing is when you get to the screen with all the logos. All right, <laughs> here's what they here's what they own: Warner Brothers, TBS, CNN, uh, Boomerang, Cartoon Network, New Line Cinema, True TV, and DC. The DC logo is there, and I believe there's a shot of, like, Doom Patrol. Also, in this meeting, what is the future of DC Universe? Also, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, Looney Tunes, TNT. Uh, And what's not clear is how HBO is going to be included in this as a standalone service, or do you buy, you pay for this, you get HBO and Cinemax. It looks like, to me, just watching this promo, so what was HBO's on-demand thing or their streaming it, well, it was just like H, the hbo now now yeah hbo it now. seems like hbo is going to be bundled into this yeah because there's a lot of hbo you see all the hbo shows yeah, you see all the hbo i mean you it would be stupid to sell hbo on its own hmm i was yes i guess you would if you want all of this you have you would have no point would they still yeah, offer no point. the hbo now now go, just hbo now. Yeah. yeah or used to be go now it's now they may do a thing where for like eight bucks a month you can just get hbo and then for the full price you get this is a lot of content though warner media warner brothers owns a lot of shit uh do you think would you get this and how hard is this going to be for people to make a choice coming up in the future <laughs> uh, it's too early to tell if i would get this i mean there is a lot on here it's it's getting crazy. It's getting I don't know. very crazy. I, I don't know what I even want anymore. It's overwhelming because 
You got Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, CBS All Access, the DC Universe. Uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of them. And then there's another half a dozen uh, going to be launched. Right. It's it's almost too too overwhelming. If you point. love your TV, you have a lot of hard decisions coming up soon in your future. Yeah. Will this make more people cut cable? Uh it, it, it this is it seems like this it. is a nice package uh you know unlike apple at least they have they have ip yeah. they have licenses they have the content they have, yeah they have stuff that they can is ready made to go whereas apple is just creating a completely new thing they got Seems like yeah. apple is going to be the one that doesn't do very well and the greg berlanti is interesting because he can he can make a lot of like teenage drama shows and just keep pumping those out people love those uh, and all the CW shows. So we talked about how the office is leaving Netflix. Friends will be leaving Netflix after this year now because of this uh, over at Netflix. Meanwhile, though, over at Netflix, uh, they're doing pretty good. I think one of their biggest hits, Stranger Things, you know, they just put out season three over the 4th of July and they did something weird. They put out numbers. They never reveal numbers. And, I, you know, I don't know if we can believe these numbers. It's from Netflix. So, you know, there's no third-party verification. But they said 40 million accounts have already watched Stranger Things Season 3. 18 million accounts have already binged the whole season. Oh, shit. Like, the first five days. And I was one of those 18 million. (laughs) (laughs) I binged uh, Stranger Things in two days. It's very good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's good? It is. It's better than the second season. Uh, And, like, just the 80s mall nostalgia if you were a kid, the height of mall culture, it's amazing. Like, they nail it. It takes you right back. Uh, lots of great 80s, 80s callbacks. And I feel like kids, the kids watching this will be like, wow, that's what it was like in malls. <laughs> because have you been to a mall lately? Oh, they're terrible. It's fucking dead, dude. They're terrible. There's the one over in by my mom's house, uh, the one of the anchor stores. It was like a Coles and a JCPenney anchoring each end. So the end with JCPenney, first of all, JCPenney went out of business. The mm-hmm. whole wing, meaning that huge store and the upstairs and downstairs row of stores, entirely empty. Like the whole wing of the mall, one of the wings, nothing there. I mean, if you walk into Golf Mill or out where my parents live, it yeah. is, it's fucking depressing. I mean, yeah. Sears is completely shut down. Oh my God, so there's still a Sears one left. Yeah, they're gone. That's, they're gone. And then like there's a Kohl's. In what else? What other department stores? There's a Target attached to it. Yeah, it's not really a part of the mall. Wow. There's a Kohl's and some some other big chain, but everything like all the stores in the middle are just are decrepit stores. Like no one would even want to go in there. There's nothing. It's nothing. Really nothing. But seventeen cell phone stores. Yeah, it's like cell phone stores and like (laughs) old furniture and then like even like the Express was is gone. Oh man. It's like it's like mom and pop shop type stuff. The malls are terrible. I don't know what's going on. So if you it's in the season three, Stranger Things is 1985, takes place on the Fourth of July, and the mall is hopping. Like this is where you would go to play video games, to meet your friends, to buy comic books, to hang out, watch movies, and they do it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my point in all this is Netflix has a head start on the streaming war. They have 149 million subscriptions. Can how long can they stay on top? As they're losing all their licensed stuff that they they got these people in with, and are forced to make original content, is it? Can anybody catch up to 149 million subscriptions? And can Netflix stay on top in this uh, streaming war? I mean, they've got you know obviously the built-in audience now. They've got the 
they were the first kind of to market sort of um i don't know the disney thing is really interesting this warner brothers thing is interesting hulu is still around i don't know if hulu would ever catch up but well, Hulu is going to be tied. It's going to give a push from the Disney Plus and Disney right. owning a majority stake in that. I don't know what what else. What is the other some of the other competition uh, that that's coming out or that is out? Is out or coming out? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's been out for a bit. Uh, there's and then well, in, CBS has one. CBS has one. NBC is going to be putting one out. Oh no! Uh, you're gonna you you're everybody's gonna. I, I can't. You know, I can imagine all these major studios are going to want to put one out. And put out their own stuff. And it's just going to make it harder to find and binge your favorite shows. Like, you know, Rug said last week or the other week that these are, this is comfort. Netflix is full of comfort TV. You could just throw on The Office and just let it go. Now, if that's not there, are people still going to pay for Netflix? I don't know. I don't know. It's, the whole streaming thing is very interesting to me. I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm interested to see what happens. Um it is a little scary, not scary, but it is a little, um, makes you think a little bit though, in terms of, okay, which ones do I want? That's the thing. I, I'm yes. not going to buy all yes. of them. Yes, no. Which ones do It'll I- be more than cable if I buy all of them. Yes. And then that, that, that's pointless. Which ones do I absolutely need? So I think in the beginning, people are going to focus on certain ones. Some may fall out, but then we're already seeing bundles. So- there's going to need to be some kind of bundling thing. And then eventually it'll cycle back to like the same fucking, the bundle will be like cable TV again. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Dude, they've done that. I think there's a, I forget one streaming service has a Stephen King show and their idea was, Oh, let's make this show available only at night. Mm-hmm. You could only watch it when the sun is down in your time zone for there's one slot, one specific. And at first I'm like, Wow. That's crazy. What a what a new idea. But then I'm like, wait a minute, they just did TV programming. Oh, it's just cycled back. Oh, what does that sound like? We can only watch this at night? How about primetime television? That's the same it's gonna come back to that. You know, thinking of speaking of like streaming and this paywall thing, have you heard of Luminary? Luminary is the paywall podcast uh network, right? There were it's premium podcasts. Yeah, so there's a free version, but then they so they give you like one episode, but then the, to get all the other podcasts, you have to pay like seven bucks a month. We might actually be on that uh, platform because I know they scraped everyone's RSS feed and people uh, weren't really uh, thrilled and actually asked to be removed. Normally, you want to be distributed everywhere. There's podcasts. But Luminary, when they came out, there's a little PR snafu because they were like, these are pre- only premium podcasts and we're going to put everything down to $7 a paywall, mm-hmm. but you don't know any of these shows and, mm-hmm. and everyone scoffed at it. And then they're like, Oh no, there's going to be all the podcasts in here, but they may put ads in there. They weren't clear. And a lot of podcasters were like, you know what? I don't want to be part of this. It got yeah, out. I mean, it looks like you can, you can listen to um, regular podcasts on here, but then there's some, that are behind the paywall exclusive. Yes. Uh, and we, we are on, here. we are on there. Excellent. I mean, Spotify's but, doing that too, where they make an exclusive deals with people so that the podcast is just on Spotify. That's weird. So some of these, yeah, they're like the Conan O'Brien show is on here now. So it's probably um, exclusive. Just exclusive. the luminary. You got to the wrap show is on here. Here's the thing with so many free podcasts, just like the streaming. So am I going to pay for pay for podcasts? I don't know any of these. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would do that. I don't know. I wouldn't. Well, here's what caught my eye. So the one that I saw that caught my eye was it was on the website, The Ringer. Okay. It was 
Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 99. Oh, okay. And I read the article, okay. and the article has to do with the first episode of this. It's about um, Limp Biscuits' role in Woodstock 99. Yeah, Woodstock 98 was the good one. 99 was the really scary one with fires and raping. Right, right. Yes. And that's, oh, that shit. article is interesting, and I haven't listened to the pod yet, yeah. but they give you that one for free, and then they're like... Then it's seven ninety nine a month. So, uh, the, I think it's 12 episodes. So there's been a thing. A lot of companies have been trying to find the Netflix of podcasting, you know, right. which I don't know if it translates the same way, if you could even shove Netflix into, I mean, shove podcast into a Netflix model because the beauty of the podcast has always been free. Right. You know, it's a, it's an open source democratizing media. So, but that sounds interesting. If you listen to that first episode and it hooks you, would you pay eight bucks a month? I don't know. I don't know. I do know. Well, there was a, a Joe Rogan podcast where he had on one of the fucking smart guys that he has on uh, Sam Harris. Okay. And they had talked about how, in podcasting, there's two ways to monitor. Well, there's multiple ways, but the two big ways are keep it free. Yeah. And then all your listeners are then subject to ads. Right. Right. Just like television. Or yes. You put a paywall in front of it and then. No commercials. No commercials. Just cable TV. Right. And it's more, you know, it's exclusive and you, you know, th- that, those things. And Sam Harris was arguing that it should move. It. It's better off for everybody if it moves behind the paywall. Huh. Interesting. But is it a direct one-to-one? I mean, sometimes a podcast could be more like a magazine than a TV right. show or a movie. I forgot his exact reasonings. Yeah. Um, but he, he was making an analogy to Facebook, how Facebook, the way that Facebook is like how modern podcasts are. They, they, sell, them, they sell their customers right. to the client. Right, right. So the... To the um, the ad agencies. Listen, like, here, look at how many visitors we have. When a service advertise. When a service is free, listener, you are the product. Remember that. There's right. a reason it's free. Oh, and what he was arguing too is the fact that things just shouldn't be free. Like mm. it shouldn't be just ingrained in you. Like oh yeah, like this this content is just free. This I get access to this for free when the person behind the scenes is actually putting in work to get to it. It muddies know, to, to up provide. the waters because then you think about music. You're like, why should I pay for music? It's just a digital file. It's a file. Right. I can just take it. Right, right, right. But we do put in work for this, but then if you're just, you know, anyone can start a podcast. You're going to pay for just a podcast. You don't know anything about, I guess the free right. episode is, but you do what we do. We put it out free. And then on well, Patreon, then, there's more episodes. I guess it'd be the, the music analogy would be like, you put on a mixtape. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. And then eventually you have to put out music that is behind some sort of paywall. Now it's like Spotify or um, Apple Music or live events. I don't think anyone's, is anyone's, do people still sell fucking music? Uh, what do you like, physical music? Like, well, I know like. One song at a time? I don't know. And then you. Do, like, do CDs, discs still exist? Uh, maybe. Well, I don't know where uh-huh. you get them. Yeah, where are you going? I mean, Apple killed iTunes. You know, it's going to be Apple Music, which is like they want you to buy their streaming subscription service. So, like, you don't even, and if you have, you want music, you get Spotify. You don't have to buy it. I mean, I literally just today downloaded the entire Chris Brown album. Oh, yeah? Yeah, on Spotify. And it's, I mean, you know, it was free. It was nine ninety nine. Right. But I'm like, I remember when I had to pay 10, 20 bucks for this. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mean, it's, and or, that- or I remember even when it was like you had to, 
pay a dollar something for a song. Remember that? Yeah, it was a dollar twenty nine for the rights yeah. free copy and uh, the I- off yeah. iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, everything now was- like now it's just the standard ten bucks a month. Ninety nine cents was a good price point for music. Like I was like, I paid a dollar. I paid a dollar for a song. Sure. But now you don't have to. Now no, you pay. But now you kind of pay more if you're not. You pay, uh, no, you don't. Well, now if you do ten bucks yeah. a month and you download a whole, five, yeah, ten, you know, yeah. a whole a couple bunch of albums, you're paying. But that music is cents. that music that you download is locked in your Spotify app, isn't it? This is correct. Yeah. So you can't access it unless you have the Spotify. And if you stop paying, yeah, then you can't get it. Also, so uh, Stitcher Premium, kind of a similar thing. They got free podcast, but then if you want to listen to the Wolverine podcast, you got to sign up uh, for uh, five bucks a month. So this model is everywhere. Listener, let us know what you think. Why are you paying? Are you going to pay for HBO Max uh, or Luminary? Join our Facebook group. It's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. It's an exclusive closed group just for you, listener. You can meet all our awesome, fun listeners. Mix it up in there. Spoiler threads. Post geeky stuff. It's a lot of fun. Jock and nerd. <laughs> all right. Let's check in uh, on the Spider-Man Far From Home box office because right. now we have the full opening weekend. We did it when we reviewed the movie. And I'm still like thinking about this movie. It's a, a, a lot of fun. Here's how the numbers went down. The six-day opening weekend domestic total, it makes $185 million. Oh, shit. Exceeding everyone's prediction. For that, not, you know, we talked about how the box office has been down, ticket sales are down, all the predictions were under. Oh, not here, my friend. Worldwide, in that first six days, it made $580 million already. So it's probably, what is it sitting at? Now, as we record... 588 production budget 160 million what's interesting though the actual three-day opening weekend number is 93 million which is less than the three-day i think that homecoming had which was 118 but since it had tuesday to thursday it opens on tuesday thursday and it opened internationally a little bit earlier giving it this great run-up Anthony, what does this mean? Is, there, is MCU immune from superhero fatigue and box <sighs> office slumps? I mean, I think they're they're definitely riding the wave of Endgame. Yeah, that's definitely um, that's a part of it. But I mean, I don't see. I don't know when this wave will end. I mean, literally at this point, it's like anything they put out is just turning to gold. I can't imagine them putting out like a huge clunker anytime yeah. in the near future. I was literally. After this movie and after our discussion and then seeing all the numbers, I was thinking to myself, like, when is Marvel going to come out with a dud? <laughs> I know. Where they just either don't make a lot of money or they don't, or it just gets shit on. I saw, oh, I forgot to put in this article, but I saw another interesting article. I forgot to put in the show notes that there's some kind of contractual deal okay. that if the movie, here it is. It's from Slash Film. Uh, the article says the specifics of major Hollywood contracts are notoriously difficult to ascertain, but a new report has uncovered a Spider-Man contract stipulation which would allow Sony to wriggle out of its deal with Marvel Studios and once again give Spidey's original studio, studio home, Sony, full autonomy over the character's adventures. In a recent edition of journalist Richard Rushfield's entertainment industry newsletter, The Ankler, Rushfield peels back the secretive curtain of the deal that was signed between Sony and Marvel Mm. Studios back in 2015, 
to share the character. The original Sony slash Marvel slash Spidey deal to co-produce these movies, quote, he says, stipulated that if this Spidey cleared a billion dollars, Marvel would get to oversee a third movie. If it doesn't, full Whoa. control would have reverted back to Sony. Oh, shit. Wow. So if this one needs to make a billion? This one needs to make a billion for Marvel to stay in the driver's seat for the next movie. And oh. apparently if it doesn't, Sony can do whatever they want. They can put them in all the shitty Venom movies they want without Kevin wow, Feige's that, input. What, what website was it? This is Slash Film. I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, if you go to slashfilm.com. So that's pretty crazy. I think this movie. Can't. I think it will get up to a billion. It's already at fucking 588 billion worldwide. It just came out. Yeah. it's oh, As of July 9th when we're recording, it's at 195 domestic. Yeah. It's been out since you'd, July 2nd. And you'd have to imagine it's going to get to at least. 300, 400 million. Yeah. Maybe 350, 400. What did Homecoming do? Let's look it up. Internationally, this movie's at almost four hundred million internationally. So yeah. that that's uh, that's amazing. Homecoming did three thirty four. So domestic, I think it yeah. could beat that. Yeah, I think it could beat that. And then worldwide, foreign, it did five forty five. So I think it it, ha- it could hit could beat that half a million. I mean, I think the the uh, so it needs to make make up one hundred twenty two million. It looks like it's amazing that Marvel, even after Endgame, can keep this momentum going, and they they did it really well. Uh, there is no superhero f- fatigue here. A lot of these insiders saying this could even turn around the rest of the summer and even the year for movie theaters. The the excitement of this movie. And so, if they make a billion, it stays with Marvel for a third movie. Yeah, huh? yeah, because it wasn't the contract. It was for five movies, and this is yeah. his fifth appearance as Spider Man in the fifth. I movie. feel like they're very confident though that they're going to get another movie because I don't think they would have done the ending they did right. without them being like, yeah, we're going to continue this story. I mean, they, the setup, yeah, the setup was specific to Spider-Man and to the MCU in general. Yeah. And I don't see how Sony can not be pleased with the reception they get with Spider-Man and they're killing what it. Marvel's doing with it. Like, I'm sure they want to cross it over with Venom and all that stuff, but they're killing it so much with Marvel. It's yeah. Like, don't mess you know, with that making, formula. Yeah. And I think they make most of the profits off of that, right? I forget what the contract was. Sony does. Sony, yeah, I think Sony makes all the profits. I think the deal was Marvel, like, let us make the movie, back the fuck Mm -hmm. up, and you get to keep the money. It's fine. Because Marvel's making a billion dollars a goddamn movie anyways. And then we can use them in our universe and put them in our movies and in our movies. Correct. Yes. And after the contract's over, I don't know. So I wonder what's going to happen with the contract. Right? Uh, okay, so you saw it a second time. Let's do a little more spoiler talk. Spoiler alert. For Far From Home, and for the listener who hasn't seen Far From Home, watch this movie before you get spoiled. Highly urge you to do that. Uh, Anthony, you saw it a second time with your mom? I did. Oh. I saw it with my mom right after we were done podcasting. How how Did, did she like it? Uh, yeah, of course. She loved it. <laughs> she really enjoyed it. Any uh, observations on a second viewing? Okay, so... I liked. I still liked everything. I found the the high school stuff funny. JB Smooth for me is just. I just love him. <laughs> I think he's so funny. Yeah. His character is pretty one note, but yeah. I just find him so stupid and funny. Well, he just plays himself and everything, yeah. but it's great. It's just it's great. Hilarious. I just like JB Smooth. Yeah. Um, I did think that, um, Peter gets the girls in these movies now just way too easily. A little easily. 
Like, mm. like he just happens to like the hot girl, yeah. and the hot girl just happens to like him. There's not really a struggle there. The struggle's more that he's Spider Man. But I would I would hope that they could or I was I would my hope for the movies would be that he would struggle a little bit to get these girls. Maybe they would think he's a loser. Yeah, and he had to win them over. And he had to win them over a little more. But it seems like the girls just like well, him. Well, she was already into him. She's checking yeah, him out. She was into him. The girl in the last movie was into him. Is she the hot girl, though? They don't even really play her. She's like no, yeah, they the play weird, her down. quirky. That She's dressed down. Yeah. You know, she's, she's not like a cheerleader or anything. She's pretty beautiful, though. Yeah, she is. She is. Um, yeah, so that would be my only thing. I mean... The the third act is fucking crazy with the the um the illusions. Um yeah, overall I, I didn't my opinion really didn't change from movie to movie. If anything, it just solidified what I thought in the review, so I don't really have much to add. Yeah, it's, it is fun to watch the second time, especially after the big twist in the end. Yeah, it's not the only thing is it's not one of those movies where I'm like I would be geeked to like throw that on. Yeah. Like there's there's definitely better Marvel movies. Um, so I, I still keep it like right in the middle, but it's, it's a solid film. It's, it's entertaining enough. The high school stuff is good. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio's is really good. And yeah, I, I, my opinion doesn't really change. You know, again, spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler so the whole, you know, when J. Jonah Jameson reveals, uh, plays the video and, and, and Mysterio reveals Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I, at first, you know, I was still like, this is a fucking game changer, but then, I went on the Voice from the Underground podcast uh, last night. It's out now. Had a great time. All three of them there. We talked Spider-Man, and they made me see that a little bit differently in in that the public knows that Mysterio faked all this shit. Why would they buy this weirdly edited video saying Peter Parker is Mm Spider-Man? You know, is that a way out of him dealing with it by just discrediting the source? I don't see any other way out of this. I did see something uh, one of our friends posted, or maybe it was Ruggs, um, but there was an article that was saying him being outed as Spider-Man isn't the worst thing in the world. Did you read that? Or it was like a comment on a message board? Uh, no. It was basically the gist was, why is this such a bad thing? Avengers are considered heroes at this point. Yeah, oh, that's true. If he was outed as Spider-Man, he would be revered as a hero. Because he, he's an Avenger. He's an Avenger, and why would anyone believe some video, you know... That's the thing. Why would you believe I, this video by this bad guy when it's been, right. you know, now you know like, that these things were faked. With any sort of investigation, you would have found out that this was all fake. So, I, I see that point. It also but, mirrors, I like the point that it mirrors the end of Iron Man and the, and the moment where he says, I am Iron Man. Yeah, you know this one is, but he doesn't say but it. But this one, he—it's not him. It's crazy. J.K. Simmons yelling it out to the <laughs> world. Uh, there are some interesting comments uh, that the director and Kevin Feige, who's this? I think uh, Kevin Feige said. First of all, I was shocked that they were able to keep this a secret, and the way they did it is they waited until the very last minute to ask J.K. Simmons. Uh, so that it would not get out. And he was like, you want me to do what? He's like, that's awesome. Now, if the, regarding this and the multiverse, you know, it's possible the multiverse does exist and Mysterio is just full of shit. Jameson being in this movie and in the Raimi movies may not necessarily prove the multiverse because he's saying things like, we like this idea that it's a new Jameson. He's not from another dimension, multiverse, something like that. It's a new Jameson in this world played by the same actor. Basically, they say they picked him as because he, nobody else could have, you know, done it. He was just perfect. I, I, I don't. I think someone could have done it, but I, I just I I loved that it was him. So I, I don't mind it at all. In fact, 
I'm sure most every everyone that I've talked to, other than Rugs, everyone I've talked to has been like, that was awesome. I'm glad they have him back. I was super, super geek mode because that's all I wanted. I was like, somehow I wish they could bring him back. I mean, he was picture pitch perfect as Jameson in the Raimi films. I, but you know what? I do want them to do the thing where Spider-Man is a criminal for a little while, where he's a menace, where people mm-hmm. hate him and he has to dodge things like because that's straight out of the comics. It's in a different context now. Did you see what um, might have been Bilotti? I don't know if he put this in our chat or someone else or another chat, but did you see what his idea was for the third film or what he suggested? I think I did read that. What did he say? He said, since Spider-Man's a bad guy, yes, maybe like the government or someone would hire someone to kill him and yes. that person they'd hire would be Craven. Yeah. be the last one. Yes. Shit. Uh, that would make a lot, make a lot of, of sense. sense. In fact, John Watts has said if he could pick the next villain, he would love to do... I think that'd Craven. be fantastic. I think it's time for Craven. We've seen a lot of the other rogue villains. They haven't gone to Craven. Craven is an excellent character. You have Dimitri introduced. You can make Dimitri the chameleon, and then his brother is Kravinoff, Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. Tie all that together. Holy shit, that'd be a great movie. And then you do like a Sinister Six uh movie, maybe. I like how they're not Maybe. forcing too many villains in these movies. Yeah, I think learned, you still keep going yeah. one villain at a time. They've learned their lesson. Also, John Watts has revealed how long Nick Fury has been a scroll. And he says, first of all, to clarify the timeline, that's the real Nick Fury at Tony's funeral at the end of Endgame. Okay. So it's not like he's been a scroll forever. It's not like he's been a scroll since Captain Marvel. He says, we were going to have him eat diagonally to- toast cut diagonally to give it away, but they didn't do that. Uh, and, you know, there is a history of Nick Fury and the skulls. So they just wanted to come up with one last little con in a movie about a con man. One last little twist, basically saying it was it was just for this movie. The people reason people think it was an Age of Ultron, because I believe he does eat uh, diagonally cut toast in that movie. When he said he yeah, never I, I saw I saw a fan theory video where it was like he's been this guy, this scroll since Age of Ultron. Because he hasn't really done anything of impact. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. He's been bad. Uh, has he done anything? No, he just kind of pops in and out. Kind of pops in and out. <laughs> Man, so all right, we'll see where, where the future, you know, that scroll set up for the future of the MCU for the next Spider Man movie is huge. What is the next phase is going to be? We're going to find out really soon, I think, in uh, San Diego Comic-Con, July 18th through 20-something that weekend. It They put out the schedule, and yeah. yes, it is confirmed. Marvel, Hall H, Saturday, 5.50, 90 minutes. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. And ironically, 90 minutes now... Uh, most shorter than most MCU movies, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna. I didn't think that they'd um, be fucking around with San Diego Comic Con anymore. I thought they were gonna leave that to their own stuff. But hey, people are wondering, and they're gonna. So they got this, come and they got, announced maybe a whole slate of movies. I mean, I would love to see the Phase Four slate and the shows on Disney Plus. They also have D twenty three. So if anything is held back, you can expect it to uh, come out. Then that's going to be huge because I'm looking at the whole schedule, right? And the main headliner is Marvel. Terminator Mm -hmm. Dark Fate will be there. So we're probably going to get like a full trailer. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe like Arnold and Linda Hamilton show up at Hall H on stage. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be crazy. Uh, and then it's all television shit. Wow. It's Game of Thrones. It's Netflix. It's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's CW and DC. Uh, it's Fox TV. All in Hall H? Yes. And, and, wow. and uh, this is all the Hall H schedule. No Warner Brothers, no Sony. I and it's you know we knew they weren't coming, but uh, Sony doesn't Sony have Godzilla? They did Godzilla, right? Legendary and uh, Sony. No, that's Warner Brothers. Oh, that's Warner Brothers also. So yeah, or, yeah, I think it's Warner Brothers. I, I think, think you're. Yeah. I think you may be right. Yeah. Uh, so I saw it on that in that streaming thing, Godzilla. Oh, in the in the promo for HBO Max. Yeah. So it's Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, that's right. It's abs- anyways that nobody's showing up. Warner Brothers actually has DC movies. In the works, like three movies coming out. You got uh, Birds of Prey, uh, the Joker movie, Wonder Woman 1984. They could have hyped up all of that. Sony could have hyped up their end of the Spider-Verse and some other shit. But does this seem like a weird lackluster kind of uh, showing here at San Diego? And is are we seeing a shift of maybe studios thinking this is not cost effective anymore? Yeah, I've, I think we've been seeing this shift. I've noticed in recent years... That Hall H has gotten taken over a little bit by TV shows, and um, in recent years, Sundays have been TV show day. Yeah, it used to be TV shows were in Ballroom Twenty, which was oh. another big spot, not as big as Hall H, but it's the second yeah, do, big. Yeah, yeah, it's the second big one. I do think that we are seeing a shift, though. Um, movie studios, and this was this came out a couple of years ago. Movie studios were like the Hall H impact isn't really what we thought it was because that shit probably cost a lot of money to get yeah, it to and, Hall H, and where's your return on investment? Right, and not only that, but like you know, the fill of the footage, oftentimes gets leaked, and yeah, I mean, I think they one of the things was um, might have been Scott Pilgrim. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they showed a movie similar to like Scott Pilgrim, or it was Scott Pilgrim, where they had huge buzz, and then they were like, oh man, like Hall H is great, and then they released in the movie theaters and it, nothing, nothing, Crickets. yeah, like it didn't do great. Oh man! So ever since then, like studios have been a little like a little hesitant to just go out there and show all their stuff at Hall H. The, the, the nerd impact isn't as strong as, as they, they thought it was. Maybe but, it'll go back to actually being about comic books. Oh, nah. shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, what a crazy idea. Nah. Go back. Comic, books, comic well, stores are closing. They, nah. Well, there's some are, they are a lot closing. <laughs> some are managing to stay I mean, I don't, open. The, the, what, what totally goes against my point is Marvel coming out and well, being that's, like, we're going right. to do a huge presentation. They didn't come last year, and I thought that was the big, this is the big change. All right, they're abandoning it. But now they're the big game in town on Saturday. Like right. you're, They're the kings of the, of the box office right now, and yeah. they're coming, so... So on one hand, maybe it's kind of smart that Warner Brothers isn't showing their movies. Uh, here's another reason maybe a smart Warner Brothers isn't there. Uh, comments from Todd Phillips, the director of this Joker movie, coming out in October. And I kind of love this. He's just setting up fucking geek nerd expectations right now. Todd Phillips goes, I know people are going to be mad. <laughs> people are going to be pissed off because, quote, we didn't follow anything from the comic books, which people are going to be mad about. Oh, we just wrote our own version of where a guy like Joker might come from. That's what was interesting to me. We're not even doing Joker, but the story of becoming Joker, it's about this man, which, look, it's R-rated. It's the first. But why call it the Joker then? I don't. It's like an Elseworlds oh. tale. I mean, it has cachet, the name. It couldn't be just called crazy guy. I mean, I, I think it's just the another laugher? interpretation on, <laughs> yes, in the Joker. Yes, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily mind it. I, 
I'm not as beholden to the canon as others. I, I think, you know, you can take the IP and, and do what you want with it and see, you know, it's just a different take on the character. I think it's, it's a different yeah. story. I, if it was just, it was strictly the, if everything was strict to the canon of what was established it in the comic get books. boring. Yeah, it'd get boring. You'd, know, you'd be so fucking predictable. You want, though, a little bit of the essence of the source yeah. material to well, let's see. seep in. But I think it's also smart for him to be like, look, this is going to be a completely new origin story of this character. But it also kind of works for the character of the Joker, where we've seen Heath Ledger give him different origins. And yeah. he has no one really knows where yeah, he be, is, I mean, where he came from. It, it, well, let's just see how it plays out. Like, sometimes it, it works, yeah. you know, as, as Heath Ledger's Joker or, you know, kind of this new take on Spider-Man that a lot of people are responding to. And sometimes it, it, it doesn't work such as when Batman and Batman V Batman V Superman is fucking people up with bullets and killing them. Right? <laughs> That's a lot of else sometimes worlds. it works. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work, but uh, you, I don't think that by sticking to the canon that determines if the movie is going to be well received or not. No, no, it's not. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly get, I get more excited to see this movie. You think about Robert De Niro is in this fucking movie. So something about this must've excited him. Joaquin Phoenix, something about the script must've talked to him. So, uh, I think it's going to be uh pretty good, like indie, weird, artsy, dark movie. It looks weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird, but I'm digging the vibe. We will see in October. Okay. It's a vibe. It's, a, it's definitely a vibe. Vibology? Paula Abdul? Uh, no, it's a no? song. Oh, that's a new song? It's not Ken- too It's not too easy. Kendrick no. Lamar? It's a vibe. No. Little Pump? Uh, that's two chains. Uh. Megan Trainer. Two chains. Oh, two chains. Jonas Brothers? I'm just trying to name the most current artists that I know now. Uh, who, yeah, who do you, who's your Aloe Black? Queen? Will I am? Aloe Black's good. Aloe Black's good, dude. There's a great show on TV called Songland. It's like original music. There's a, a bunch of judges and a celebrity artist, and yeah. four people come up and they sing original songs. And then the the celebrity artist picks three of them. He assigns them uh, producers. They work up the songs. They come back, pitch it again, and then the artist picks one song to record. Mm. He and so the Jonas Brothers have been on this. Megan Trainer. Uh, Will I Am. The last one was amazing. Aloe Black and David Leach, director of Hobbs and Shaw. This dude, his song got picked. It's going on the soundtrack of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, like what an amazing opportunity for a nobody songwriter. And I love this show because I love the voice in America's Got Talent, these fucking shitty shows, but they're always singing cover songs. This original songs are really good. Just like original music from from a bunch of different songwriters, different ages, different times of their life. Uh, and then they you, they really get into the, the creation of a song. They tweak things right there on the spot. They make it better. Uh, it's really fun to watch. And you see them. The channels up? It's on NBC hmm. called Songland. Hmm. Uh, and with that TV recommendation for junk TV in the summer, we're going to take a quick break, play some promos, and we'll be back to discuss Jessica Jones season three right after this. After these messages. Hey, hooligans, this is Michael. This is Michelle. This is Jeremy. From Who the What Now? The show about... Strange stories from the internet. And Bigfoot came over and beat his ass. <laughs> he like, knocked him around a little bit, and he just kind of went limp, and Bigfoot left. Pop culture. John, John Fodd. Van Clam. <laughs> John Fodd Van Clam gonna... was supposed to be the alien in Predator. Mm-hmm. And like did like a jump splits, and like ended up with his like, batch right in the dude's face. That, that's his like, move. Do I get the part? In our crazy lives. Like, oh, there's a cat on my back. And then 
all of a sudden I feel something. I feel a furry paw go down my ass crack. <laughs> Just slide right down my ass crack. I was like, what are you doing? You can catch us on all your favorite podcast applications. Spotify. iTunes. Libsyn. iHeartRadio. Stitcher. Your mamas. <laughs> and wherever else you find. <laughs> they have quality podcasts. <laughs> so don't miss out on the next Who the, the What, what now? now? Hey, true crime listeners. Check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDPodcast or visit our website, ISGDPodcast.com. ever made you do that while listening to this podcast you should join our fan club it's called jock and nerd max dude no it's called it's at jock and nerd.com slash premium jock and nerd. it's jock and nerd.com slash patreon support the show at any denomination so it's a couple of bucks a month and you will get access to a bonus rss feed that has all these shows coming out early anthony spinoff show jock and nerd podcast comes out early Bonus content, after shows, whole movie jock reviews, talk. jock talk. If you're looking for actual sports talk, we have that over at Jock Nerd Max. Sign up today. <laughs> uh, summer jock talk rolling through, huh? Their bottom is is very weak. Anthony, you got yeah. another one. Yeah, we had another one. So a lot of NBA stuff, some UFC stuff. We t- even talk about uh, Chaz's upcoming MMA debut. Oh, so, oh shit. Listener that. slash Jock and Talk co-host Chaz Hebbard. He's been training. Up. That's awesome. He's training, yeah. He weighs a lot. I didn't realize he was as big as he is. He's a big dude. He's like He says he's 6'4", six 6'2", six two, 250. You would never tell by the tone of his voice. No, I didn't <laughs> realize he was such a big dude. A gentle giant. What do you think of his odds? I think he could, he's gonna, he could take him. I don't know. He's, he's gonna crush him. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even, we don't even know who he's fighting. Doesn't he's gonna matter. Crush him. He's gonna crush him. You're gonna crush him. Jazz, good luck and uh the train you're training for this, it's amazing. Uh and if your balls are hot, my balls was hot. That means you're gonna win. Remember that. That's it's <laughs> an early warning. Uh visit jockinear.com slash Patreon for all the fun stuff. Okay, let's get to the review. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Thanks, rugs. Lame. Oh, sorry. Uh okay. Anthony, we find ourselves at the end of a grand Marvel and Netflix experiment. Yeah. And it's really crazy because a month after we started podcasting in 2015, the first season of Daredevil came out on Netflix. And we have since reviewed every season of Netflix, Marvel on Netflix. Yeah, it's crazy. I I just want to take a second, though. I remember it's just crazy how far this stuff has fallen, right? In terms of just public cachet, quality, and just you know the hype that it has. Yes, I remember. The buzz, yes, 
Daredevil came out, and I was just geeked. Yeah. Uh, and it came out, and it was awesome. And then they followed that up with Jessica Jones. Yes. And that was awesome. And we're and like, I just, damn! And I remember thinking to myself, this is how I want to watch comic books from comic book content from now on. Yep. I want to watch yep. it in this format yep. on Netflix with 13 episodes and... I couldn't wait. I was, I was, I was literally. I remember saying on the show, "I want more than just one or two seasons per year. I want this to be all the yes, time." Yes, yes, keep coming. Yes, right. And and to go from that to now, this slow death. Yeah, where literally it <laughs> yes. seems like no one gives a fuck about any of these shows anymore. Well, they don't. The buzz is completely it's so gone. gone. It's and there's a, a number of factors you yes. know, that that went into this, um, but you know, such as not only quality, but episode length but then there was also uh the fact that netflix was going to be in competition with disney and they didn't need marvel's money anymore you know all sorts of things which we don't have to talk about the now. landscape changed the landscape changed dramatically in five years yeah it's just crazy to yeah. me that it ends on this whimper where i don't think any there's no buzz around this show dude i remember those days we were promised here's a look at the mcu universe street level Right. In a prestige serialized format. And if you go, I think episode five of the Jock and Nerd podcast was our Daredevil season one review. Uh, I distinctly remember going, somebody fucking got it right. Right. I'm so excited. It had so much potential for the future. And now we are here at the 13th and final season of Marvel on Netflix, which is Jessica Jones season three. Uh, the one of uh, only two series is Daredevil and Jessica Jones to get three seasons on the Marvel Netflix. And that's really just because they started first right before the shit, the fucking ship started sinking a little bit mm-hmm. um, on the Rotten Tomatoes. This season is sitting at 73% on the tomato meter, 6.57 out of 10. So, you know. Not a fucking home run, but not a, a piece of shit uh, as far as the tomato meter is concerned. Um, and I'm glad we're doing this now because I watched this so long a time ago. I've almost forgotten the whole fucking show. <laughs> Sorry. Anthony, you watched this most recently. Let's just get into uh, some opening thoughts. Love, you know, I want to talk about the cast specifically yeah. and the characters. But overall, you powered your way through these 13 episodes. Yeah. And this is the end of Marvel on Netflix. Is this, Was it a fitting end? Uh, no, I mean, it, it was, if I could describe the show, it was fine. Yeah. Um, I wasn't compelled to keep going, but it, you know, once I started it, the story was interesting enough to watch it. It's, it's kind of just okay. It's not really, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one. It's, it's kind of sad in terms of like this being the last one and, they never really reached the heights of that first season with Kilgrave. No, and that 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 was a and that was a huge uh, uh, handicap. Right, starting they with started, fucking David Tennant as Kilgrave. Right, they started so hot, and they touched upon themes of rape and trauma and PTSD. And this season, it, you know, there's some some themes of like it's still about doing abuse, the right thing and abuse survival. And, yeah. But you know, and turning you're turning your abuse into something positive and right and wrong. Um, but I don't know. I mean, my overall thoughts is I, a lot of the times I just didn't like a lot of the people that were on screen. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it, uh, other than Jessica, yeah, it seemed like everyone was just kind of a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, overall, it was fine. But 
it's it was just one of those seasons where it was you you watch it and it happens and then by the end of it you kind of you're like all it. right moving on yeah it it, it seemed like it seemed like a uh a, um what you gonna call it what's the phrase a lame duck show ah uh, lame duck show and you know what someone has compared it to dark phoenix yeah that's not a bad comparison it's, it's not, not as bad as dark phoenix it's not they you know uh, their 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 argument was Dark Phoenix had a better ending, but it's kind of parallels the lame duckness of right. the Dark Phoenix with this leap. Now, myself, like I I enjoyed watching it. Uh, it is, I think, it's thirteen episodes. Of course, it's still too bloated, yeah, um, way too long. It's uh, ultimately you're right, but I kept going. It's it's so so. I liked it better than the second season, but mm. I just I think I enjoyed it because we spent so much time with these characters, and I like seeing. The growth. So there was definitely some great moments, some yeah, great that's growth. A good point. But overall, I had a lot of pro- there's a lot of issues, and uh, it doesn't end with a bang, but it doesn't end with a whimper. It just ends kind of like in the middle. Yeah, it just ends. You're like, okay, well, that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where like I enjoy I, I enjoy the, some of the characters because I've just been with them for so long. But it's, yes. I don't know. Like, did you hit the spoiler button already? I'll hit it again. Spoiler alert. I always forget when you hit the spoiler <laughs> button. Maybe I'm not paying attention. No, you're not. I'm probably not. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it just... Trish's turn is just so... See, I like... So weird. I liked some of that. I like that they dealt with that, and it was about them, you know, their relationship. Yeah, I, I like that it was like at the end they found a way to pair them off against each other. But I just found her character to be so stupid <laughs> like, like she just couldn't realize like her her thought process was so crazy you know to think that she's the only one that can decide if if someone lives or dies and i don't know just her her ad I, I just didn't believe that this was the same character that i saw in the first season a lot of people's motivations in this season just fucking change for no yeah. reason. And they flip flop it. They go back and forth. And it doesn't, you don't really buy it. So I look end of season two. What happened? We found out Jessica's mom was alive and she's a fucking murderer. And uh, Trish wants to have powers. She's a little bit. Pow- remember, she took the inhaler shit in the first yep, season. Yeah. yeah. So she had a taste of powers. She wants more. She gets the doctor who worked on Jessica to give her powers. And then she shoots Jessica's mom. Oh, so shit. we start the season. With, uh, and then Jessica is now a public hero. So I thought uh, Kristen Ritter did an amazing job. She, she's good. She like lives her. in this character. She is this character. But I loved how she's you know trying to give a shit. And I like the balance of she doesn't want to be this public hero. What, meanwhile, Trish is dying to take credit for being a hero but can't. Has to be masked because of her popularity. So they balance each other kind of nice and the, the few scenes where they were actually working together where but trish would use like her her ditzy blonde acting skills you know and all the detective stuff was great but she kind of becomes they don't call her hellcat they do that fun little easter egg where she has the costume on for right a second she's like hell she scratches no. the shit out of one of the characters yeah and she's got some kind of claws and shit and she's often wearing the yellow in the pink mm-hmm. uh in the comic books hellcat has uh mystical energy she has demon sight she's got tools and a tool belt she's got a cloak that opens portals to other dimensions and a magical force field of course in this one they don't really explain her powers that much 
No, she's just kind of like acrobatic and she's more agile. She she can she has night vision. Yeah. yeah, good reflexes, but she's not like super strong. Right. But she's got. But some of the you know some of the fight scenes were cool. Uh, but I thought what's her name? Uh, Rachel Taylor also did an amazing job as Trish playing all these emotions. So what I loved and hated about this season is they do that thing where they'll, they'll take you through the plot. And then the next episode goes back, shows you another point of view, but like time hasn't passed. So you kind of just burn wasted two episodes. Yeah, the, 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 the most guilty episode of that was towards the end. I they think did it, was, it twice. Yes. The one was 12 where they're literally showing scenes from the prior episode from Trish's point yes, of view. They're both and, Trish episodes. They do yeah, this. They, and they're rerunning things. And it's just like, God damn. The, that's when you can tell the show it, is just. They're padding they did, the shit out to get yeah, to 13. 13 episodes. Although I really enjoyed the Trish centric episodes because the second time, particularly the first time, the second episode of the season is directed by Kristen Ritter and it's catches up with Trish, how, how she's been training all the way up to where the first episode ended. That one, like, well, you didn't really need to explain all that in the whole episode. The second time they do it, I love it because it does move the plot forward. It reveals clues, you know, about the killer and what's actually going on. I, I didn't hate it, but I felt like that could have been done in another way where you didn't have to. I don't... I, I thought it was way too long. This thing could have been like eight, nine, ten episodes. Easily. I didn't mind the second episode, but the, the that one where they repeated again yeah. that towards the back half of the season, I was like, oh my god. I mean, that's a big problem with these shows, and we've said this before: is it thirteen episodes is way too long, and a lot of these episodes are there, them just spinning their wheels. Um, you know, it takes a lot of the drama out of these episodes too. When you know you think they caught the killer, like. It's up the middle of the season where she beats the killers. Uh, she beats Salinger's butt in wrestling. Yes, you're like, yeah, but it's he's gonna get her back. Like it's only episode seven, you know. So like, yeah. it takes a lot of the the drama out of it at this point. I I really think they should have embraced more of like an anthology of like her solving cases in the first oh, couple of episodes. Oh, a bunch of different little... And, but they kind of had a bunch of different little cases, but then it all tied together. It all tied together, yeah. Whereas they could have been standalone episodes, and then maybe midway through you introduce someone that's like the overarching villain. I don't know. I like the investigative stuff. They showed a lot of like detective shit and her figuring things out, which is kind of what you want. And I thought it had a strong start. Like the first few episodes... Uh, did manage to hook me in, especially the the end of the first episode where she just opens the door and gets stabbed. Stab. No, that was good. And you're like, oh, fuck. But the thing is, like, once you kind of figure out, you know, you learn about Salinger and all this stuff, you're like, uh, he's kind of just like so this. that's a big problem. In the, <laughs> also, he, yeah. He's just kind of like this. I don't know. He's just not all that compelling to me. He's He's this crazy serial killer, but... But is he he's really also like the smartest guy in the room? But which is I he hate really? Shit. I mean, he. There's times where he he's he didn't appear to be that smart. He gets his plan doesn't work. He gets caught off guard. They didn't. I, don't think I just they, didn't find him all that compelling. No, and the problem is after Kilgrave, you're never gonna have a bad guy. That I I liked how Salinger was kind of like Zemo from Civil War, where he's playing the two of them, and the whole point was kind of to have her self destruct. But like his little like. His motivation of, you know, the people that don't deserve things getting punished and yes, finding out yes, their truth. Yes. It's, I mean, I can understand sort of the like, oh, these people don't deserve what they're, what they're getting or they get praise and they it's haven't earned it. It's unfair that me with my intellect gets no credit, but right. these fuckers who just get powers do. 
I guess I could understand that, but the whole like finding their truth thing and taking pictures, I just was like, eh, this is kind of cockamamie. It's very bullshit. tropey too. There's a lot of cliched things they do. You know, it doesn't really do anything new. And he's just really like plot armor towards the 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 second half of the season. Like, yeah, there's a lot of plot armor around him where it's just like it's just things just happen to get him to the next thing. Uh, I mean, midway through, I'm I'm just like fucking kill him. Well, here's <laughs> like, not yes. maybe not Jessica, but like somebody, just, no. just somebody kill him. Like, why why don't we just get rid of him? But here's my uh, second problem with this is like that whole conversation where you know now jessica wants to do it by the book and trish wants to just kill him plus Mm -hmm. he killed uh her mom which was fucking that was that was that was crazy i didn't see that coming but like you have jessica who just a few episodes ago is she's got a guy pinned to the wall with her car and now she's like oh no we gotta get him by the book when if she had just fucking killed him she would have saved a shit ton of lives yeah it's it i mean i could I understand like that argument. It's just weird for me that Jessica is the one doing it, um, especially coming off the last Netflix show, which was The Punisher. Right, I'm, like rooting and for this motherfucker to kill people. And why would you call The Punisher ever? Come on. Uh, well, they don't know each other. Uh, but the They're, weren't they both? Yeah. Well, <laughs> another big thing, another one of my big problems with the show. Two of them. Um, what's the guy with the headache powers? What's his Eric, name? Eric. Let's talk Eric. about Eric. Eric. Eric Gelden. Eric kind of sucks. Yeah, you know, I liked Eric, but uh. he. His motivations also, he would just like disappear and come back and. Yeah, he kind of just is there to like tell the audience this guy's bad. This guy's good. He's just, his character's so. I just didn't find him and Jessica to have chemistry. Like that last episode, Luke Cage shows up. And oh, I'm like, that oh. was great. I'm like, this is the guy that like she should be hooking up with. Not this idiot. The this chemi- fucking loser. The, well, Why is she hooking up with this loser? <laughs> First of all, did you notice Cage is still like the kingpin of crime? Yeah, we're never gonna the find suit. never gonna find out what happens to that. But Eric, uh, you know, just as Trish is a balance to Jessica, Eric is a perfect match to Jessica, but almost too good of a match. They're both fucking drunken, self-destructive, you know, people. Yeah. And that's, I just didn't that's find their chemistry to. Yeah, I could see that. I just didn't find them to have this great chemistry, and I found him to just be so such a deadbeat idiot. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like a bad guy, but I was kind of, I like that he does come through in the end. His powers are really interesting because imagine you can scope out evil. No, it is interesting. You know, and, and uh, by just the headache and the moment, I love the moment where Trish starts giving him the headache. Yeah, that's a good moment. You're like, oh, fuck. She's really gone to the dark side. After she killed Salinger, that was it. Her, Her path was complete. Well, but even before that, when she's beating up, uh, oh, all the other bad guys and kill, yes, killing them accidentally. Well, she kills him, and he, she's like, a nuts bomb. Do it, like, did it? Did are you clear? And he's like, oh, I gotta get away. Like, and that's when you could tell, like, oh fuck, yeah, she's turning. Yeah, like, he can sense it. Um, another character that I liked, yeah, and then kind of didn't like, uh, Malcolm. I didn't like, I, thought, Ma- I didn't like Malcolm at all this season. See, I, I liked some of Malcolm's stuff, <laughs> but the whole side plot with him and the girl was so bad that it kind of ruined with everything. the prostitute, Eric's sister. Not only Mary, that, but the one his with girlfriend. The, yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah, like who at works first off, at I'm like, the Hogarth. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, who is this girl? Right? They introduce her and he's just hooking up with her. Yeah. And we're, spo- we're told that she's awesome. Yeah. We never really like get to know her. Yeah. And then they break up um, towards the end yeah. and there's no like she comes back for closure, and he just is a dick to her. He's like, and that's kind of yeah. that's kind of the end of it. Like, and yeah. she sees him with the 
with the prostitute and he's just like i love you but yeah this isn't uh, gonna work <laughs> and it's just like what, what was the point of her like other know. than to just show that he just has fallen off the wagon again that it, like mm. in that character you didn't really have enough time with that character to even even be like to know her oh man yeah. that sucks that he broke up with her she's wow. such a great woman yeah now he's hooking up with this prostitute what's wrong with him you're like oh well I guess he's just hooking up with his prostitute. That's he does come cool. off still like a piece of shit. I mean, he, he yeah, he's kind of just a piece of shit. He does have some character growth where he's you know comp- in the beginning he's completely sold out after leaving right. Alias and he's working for Hogarth, doing dirty deeds, cleaning up fucking baseball players' messes so they don't get in trouble. Which right. is like that shit was kind of fun. Uh, but then at the end he does eventually leave and and he's back. But uh, I don't but know. Then, like, it was confusing. To- yeah. Helping Jessica, and then I guess at the end she puts him in charge of Alias Investigations. She to gives be like him the keys because uh, there's nobody else around. Uh, back, well, one thing about Eric Gelden, based on a Marvel villain called Mind Wave, mm. uh, just like Salinger is based on Fool Killer. Uh, mm. you, you know who? Another new character I loved, uh, Jillian. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Her secretary. Oh, she was great. I liked. She her a was lot. just the voice of common sense and reason, and uh, helping the two of them get together. Uh, so what do we think of the whole Hogarth side plot that kind of continues from season two, where we find out, uh, Jerry Hogarth, Carrie Ann Moss has ALS and is dying. She is still really, really slowly dying. Really slowly. Really slowly. Occasionally her legs don't work and she shakes. That's about all you saw. But, uh, I, I, as last season, I was kind of annoyed with her side plot this season though. I kind of liked seeing her being a cold manipulative bitch and, not win at the end. She doesn't get the girl. She ends up getting her due and, and getting left to die alone. Uh, when with Kith and I thought yeah. they had a good relationship. I, I I liked her plot to a little, uh, to an extent. I, at some point though, I was just like, man, she's just so fucking, she gets one note a little bit at the end where yeah, she's, she's just, just so, more on superheroes and well, she's just so fucking like, evil yes. and like <laughs> like are you supposed to like her she's not a, I, I don't even know i like i'm like this is just she's just kind of despicable i she does have like she has like sort of some redemption at the end but by that point i was just like i don't know i was just kind of t- the, the whole show just made by the end of it i was just like i'm exhausted. just tired of all these not even exhausted <laughs> oh, like just, this yeah, is so yeah. i'm just like i'm kind of tired of all these people they're just so everyone's just so shitty <laughs> and acting stupid and doing stupid things over and over I was like, can someone just be smart and do the right thing? Yeah, that's like, a good point. There's just there's a lot of like bad decisions and there, like even like the the point in the show where was it maybe the middle? I forget where Salinger tricks all of them. Uh yes. Uh, oh, where he um he tricks he tricks her with the the video the video yeah, of, her, of a, just someone's yeah, gonna die. Yeah. And he's calling ch- he Jessica Jones, and then he kills um, Trish's mom. Well, he, doesn't he? Is it George, Dorothy? Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Before that, he even captures. Um, oh, he he kidnaps Del- Eric. Yes, Eric. he kidnaps Eric. What, what did Eric. he do to throw them off? Uh, uh, I forget. He kidnaps Eric. But there was just a, a couple times like that where I'm like, really, like he's just that smart. <laughs> I, I hate when the villain is like so fucking so much smarter than everyone else. But like he he was kind of smart. Here's another weird thing: that episode where they kind of bait him to show him where he's hiding the bodies. Like they throw, they get a severed hand, mm-hmm. and well, that thing even bothered they me. They throw it through the window, right? Yeah. And what is his first thought? Oh, this must have been one of my fucking victims, and I missed it. Like what? <laughs> well, what? What are you doing? 
I actually didn't mind that. Yeah. I, I did not like that he knew to lead. He knew that she was going to follow her, and he led her to the See, I didn't tank, uh, yeah. which he then had booby trapped. Was it booby trapped, though? She, yes. she It closed on her, and like I didn't understand what was going on. Like It closed on he her. He did this because he knew. He did, it closed on her, and then all that like, smoke comes out. Yeah, like what that was that? Toxic. Yeah. It was like, he was going to kill her. Well, and then he tells Trish, "You can either catch, save, save me, catch me, or you have thirty seconds to save her." Right. Yeah. Like that whole thing. I was like, "Really?" He like knew that. Yeah. She was going to fall, follow him, and then fall in there, like, and then the the other person would there. come, and yeah. he'd be like, "Well, you got to go save her." Yeah. It's, it's very contrived. Like that's there was a lot of convenient things when it came to his um, shenanigans. Yeah. I just don't have like the the whole show was just kind of. I don't know. It was just kind of a slog to get through. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, right? But it wasn't great either. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna follow this now because I like Jessica Jones and I have to watch this because I do the Jock and Nerd podcast. <laughs> we gotta finish this. <laughs> I mean, the completest in me definitely yeah, wanted yeah. to finish it. Yeah. Um, but it was just. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't. I wish it was more about Trish versus Jessica. Yeah, that was the thing too. If you're gonna make it about Trish versus yeah, Jessica, yeah. you don't just make that turn happen in the last episode. Yeah, I mean, you, like, yeah, you, you only see have them really coming, face. But yeah, you see yeah. it coming, but you don't really ever have them face off until the final episode, until the very, very end. And by that point, it's like, okay, like, yeah, this is compelling, but I would have rather seen this play out over multiple episodes. It's just a, such a last minute thing. I'm like, uh, like you've been just building the Salinger, and now I'm supposed to be like, oh yeah, go get Trish. Yeah, it's a weird pace. Uh, they could made pacing was just weird. They could have made the Salinger thing a lot smaller and earlier, and then most of it would have been her versus Trish. By the way, Rugboy called this. Remember when we were talking about the trailer? He goes, I think uh, she's the bad guy, and I was like, okay, and he was right. Of course, so the whole thing becomes a little bit predictable. I will say I did love how I kind of loved the last episode. I thought it had mm-hmm. a strong start, first episode, strong finish. Uh, after you know, you know, they do that thing where now Jessica has to fucking def- protect Salinger from Trish, and then they got to yeah. fight, and he's he got her to say her truth about who she really is. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, that was you know. It was fine, yeah. like when he was protecting, she was protecting him, but I was just like, I don't know. I, I was just like, just <laughs> I liked the, the Trish flashbacks with the stage mom and Rebecca Dermornay, young, looking young as Dorothy, and uh, I thought they nailed the stage mom thing, and you really get to know more about Trish's character. So we got to find out a lot about Trish, but she kills Salinger, and then she kidnaps Hogarth, and then the plan is for her to sit in this fucking metal box for 17 hours. And I was like, oh, fuck, could I do that? Like, I instantly put myself in that. I was like, what would you do? Could you do, like, there's oxygen in there, but you can't get up. You pee in the thing. Oh, yeah. When I, when 17 I, hours, could I do this? When, when, when they were like, oh, you're going to be in the box, I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, I, yes. I, I immediately thought of what I would do. Right? And then she refuses um, the uh, sedatives. Oh, she, the, oh the medi- yes. The, yeah. I would have been wanted to be knocked out. You Depressants. Can, yeah. yeah, I would have been like, yeah, give me that yeah, shit. Yeah, put me out for 17 hours. Make sure you get me out for the full 17. Yes. I want to wake up and I want to be there. Yeah, I, I want to go to sleep as I'm getting in there. So is she so like sadistic that she wants to put herself through this as no, a form of punishment? She, or she's just like, I'm badass. I don't need I it. I think she's just paranoid. 
Uh, and, you know, there is a final battle. It's not really a battle because obviously fucking Jessica would kill Trish. Right. I mean, I, there, the, the night stuff was the, the dark stuff oh, was kind of compelling. That was cool. Where she takes the light out and yeah, and she can see. But they just I mean, the show's never been about great fight choreography. Right. And this was Daredevil. Awesome either. Yeah. Um, it was it was a little bit uh, surprising when she stabs her through the hand. In the hand. Oh, yes. she doesn't even react. No, she doesn't feel it. The um, speaking of fight scenes, yeah. the, the scene where she takes uh, Trish and throws her to the other roof. I love. Oh, that's great too. Yes, it's, <laughs> well, like, it's funny. She flings her, but it's so it's so comically bad. Uh, 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 I mean, the, the way they like. I don't know what even that was. The way they like filmed that, but it was like, it was like, it was like weird something, wire. It came out of like wire not, work. Yeah, no, it wasn't even wire work. What it was, was like that? something from like the nineties. Where like, I don't even know what that was. But they just like instantly like shrunk her as she was going away. Like they oh, made her smaller and they like right. okay. sped it up. So yeah. it was like it was so unnatural looking. Yeah. I was like, what the? Fuck? It does take you out of it for a second. It was just funny. I, the other funny moment is when she's trying to, when Jessica wants uh, Trish to prove to her mom that she has powers and just shoves her out the window. Yeah. Like, I love when they do shit like that. And she's just standing there and she like fucking pops back up. Uh, that was some good stuff. The very end of it, I thought also was great. The moments where Trish is caught, they're taking her to the fucking raft. I was like, oh, fuck. And they have that one glance across the, the, the parking lot. And you see Jessica give Malcolm the keys. It kind of wraps up everybody's thing. Eric goes on his thing. And then she's at the train station. And she's about to just leave. And you hear fucking Kilgrave's voice. Oh, shit. Going, oh, that's it, Jessica. Just leave. Run away from your problems. Everything will be fine. And everything turns purple. Mm, yeah. And then she turns around. I'm like, oh, she ain't going. She's going back home. And she comes back, and it's a shame that we that's where it ends because they kind of left it. I also love when Trish realizes she's the bad guy. After he reads her the rights, she's like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I like that, but I was just like, Trish, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you don't realize that you've just been a complete asshole idiot this entire show. That that was why I was just like, ah. She killed a bunch of people, bro. Well, only that, but like, yeah. she's like, she doesn't understand why right. Jessica's pissed that she killed her mom. It's yeah. just like, why are you and she's so like um pretentious yeah, and like petulant like a petulant child yeah she's like a child yeah, the entire time yeah. like oh like only i know what's right i no want to kill him i want to be the hero right it's like oh yeah like yeah i want to be the hero it's like shut up bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know the whole though that's why i just a lot of it just falls apart for me because i just don't like trish yeah and I don't know. I just I didn't believe that she was this stupid. <laughs> I, so. did, I mean, and meanwhile, Jessica's like, I can't. I don't yeah, like that doing little this. tease of Kilgrave at the end is just like, oh, like this is what the show used they to remind, be. This used to be yes, awesome. They were reminded of us of when it was great. And it, yeah, it ends with when it was great. And it's like, oh, this is how far we've come that now I'm watching. Um, some prostitute give Malcolm head on the <laughs> Free fucking blowjobs. Malcolm's on, like, on, okay, sure. On the bench. And like, what, what is this? Sexy. That's what it is. No, no it, was, no, it was just wasn't fucking right. weird. Uh. <laughs> and like, uh, I had another thing. Yeah. Literally like every woman in this show yeah. has just been abused. It's just like, everyone, why is yeah. everyone so fucking broken? Everyone is fucked up. That's like, Jessica well, Jones world though. I guess, but like every woman has been beat up like every story was like yeah my like uh the girl that the guy that was holding out and about to sue kith oh, like, oh yes like, he he beats his wife yeah oh and right like, they oh, found and then, the like, dirt on him and then yes. like trish is in the, the hotel room is like 
oh, he gets beat. That woman's just getting beat over there. Oh, and yeah, the, next door, yeah. Malcolm yeah. sees a prostitute. Oh, she gets slapped. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what, what, why is every woman getting like, why is this, yeah, it's like, why is every woman in the show just getting abused physically? What is going on? Because it is a show about abuse and survival and the justice yeah, system just, versus, and just, vigilantism. I, it can happen. I don't need it to be beat over my head. It, I know it was that. a little heavy-handed. The show, the show was just a little... There wasn't the nuance that we had in that first season. I mean, you can't match fucking Kilgrave and the, the, you know, and she's still, but it's a lot of times I feel like they forget of the stuff that's happened and the trauma that she does have. And why not call, have more cameos from other street level heroes uh, that are around. I don't know if they knew this was going to be the end. No, I don't think they did. Clearly. I mean, this was like, almost, this was like done with production. I think when they announced this. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just ultimately just kind of ends kind of so, so it's, it's like the first season was this meaty filet mignon. There was like so many layers to this, something that had been marinated for such a long time. And then by the end, you're, you're still getting steak, but it's like, <laughs> it's like the day old thin ass skirt steak. You see, yeah, nobody it's, bought yeah, it's, at it's, the end of the day, it's the skirt steak yeah. or the, the, that, that piece of steak where you're like, fuck, they cut off like none of the fat. It's a little dry now. It's overcooked. <laughs> Right, it's just like some like sort of like ribeye that was like sitting there forever. Like I don't know, it's just the whole show had this whole season didn't really have anything I could sink into that I was really enjoying. I mean, and it, some of it really like made me angry. Yeah, made me angry in terms of I love so you know they don't really show Jessica doing a lot of feats of strength, but that whole thing where she tracked Salinger's first kill. And then, you know, tipped the gazebo over like it was nothing. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. And found the body. And then there's the hair. It took forever. This fucking hair on this body. And then for her to agree to destroy the evidence because he was going to out Trish. And the way she does it by making shit drip from the ceiling. That's just a little weird. But then I did like the moment where she just. She just blows it off the thing and the hair flies up. But why would they leave really important evidence just laying there like that? Yeah, I just more or less just didn't like the fact that she's like, "This is your one chance to get Salinger," and you're like, "Oh no, I gotta save yeah, Trish. just fucking kill Salinger." And even Trish is like, "You should have fucking put me in jail." Yes, she she wanted to go. Uh, it's like it's like, yeah, I guess you want to save your friend, but getting the killer is is important. And she's and, willing to take the fucking uh, yeah, and she was willing to take the fall. take the fall for it. I don't know. Uh, it's just they flip back and forth for like. At one point, Eric's like, I'm out. I can't do this. And then he just shows up again, like two episodes later. No explanation. Uh, helping out yeah, again. Eric sucks. <laughs> I like the that gangster with some, uh, Bl- Bl- Blakowski or whatever. She's throwing him in the pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of love those gangsters. I, I, uh, oh, even like those gangsters, like there is the, you know, we had a couple scenes with them. And then one of the gangsters gets the, the shovel what, it, through her body. Oh, yes. And then we never see her again. It's like, oh, like, wouldn't they be mad? Wouldn't they go out? Wouldn't yeah, they wouldn't figure they into this plot? Finding them. Well, look, let's rate it then. Okay. <laughs> Rank it, rate it. I mean, I think uh, it's clear how this thing is just petered out and uh, it's just a so-so episode. So give me, uh, I don't know, we give me a number or where would you put this in terms of all the Netflix seasons? Uh, so what do you want first? Give me a number. Five out of ten. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> now, between five, five and a half out of okay. ten, somewhere around there. Between three seasons of Daredevil, three seasons of Jessica Jones, two seasons of Luke Cage, two seasons of Iron Fist, mm. two seasons of The Punisher, and a one season of Defenders. Where would you put this? Jeez. So I would put the the Defenders, Iron, the two seasons of Iron Fist, and. Man, season one of Luke Cage uh-huh, near the uh-huh, bottom. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I might put season one Luke Cage above this, so I have to have this near the bottom. Oh, snap, that low, huh? Yeah, I think I liked Jessica Jones season two better than this. Oh, really? I Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I, I kind of like this season a little bit better. I think this was their worst season. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot uh, floating around the interwebs. It's not like as bad as Iron Fist or the Defenders got. Right, right, right. But it's not all that great either. I mean, my favorites are still like all three seasons of Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, the first season of Jessica Jones. I didn't mind, you know, the first half of season one, Luke Cage. Pretty great, and then it just mm-hmm. takes a weird comic booky turn, which you can enjoy if you are into that kind of stuff. But then Bushwhacker, uh, that was amazing. <laughs> Remember how awesome that was? Uh, and then the Punisher two seasons I would put after that. I thought those are both pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica Jones season two, then or three. I don't know. It's like. It's at this point. It's just like uh, it doesn't matter. It's toward it the middle matter. bottom. Yeah, clearly yeah, the Iron Fists are the bottom. worst. Yeah, or bottom. Yeah. yeah, the Iron Fist shows and Defenders are clearly the worst. Defenders, then, what a fucking letdown, man! They're still am kind of pissed. Yeah, that and was bad. Hurt that that happened, and it was it was ten seasons, but then it still felt like too long and too short. Ten episodes. Ten episodes. Yeah. Was it ten or eight? It was. It was eight. It was eight. Yeah. And it was both too long and too short at the same time. I remember thinking that. N- Iron Fist season two was 10. And that, yeah, that got marginally better. It got better. I, yeah, it's. But you're right. All these shows, the buzz and the quality just kind of on a downward slide. I mean, Daredevil season three was really good. I yeah, thought. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Punisher season two wasn't terrible. Oh, that's right. So there was a little, a few bright spots. Daredevil season the three was the, was the best, was the best by far of like these last like season two, season three. Right. The last episodes. seasons of things. Yeah. By far. Everything else is kind of just like, eh. like Punisher two, season two is entertaining. Luke Cage season two was entertaining. Iron Fist season two was passable. This was like passable. This is passable. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, I'd give it like a six out of 10 too for the season. Uh, you, know. you know what they should have done is uh, the shows should have changed after defenders kind of, you know, change. Also, Maybe different tones. All the shows kind of started becoming very similar in tone. Yeah. You know, where it would have been great to have, uh, you know, a martial arts show that was really martial arts and Iron Fist. But they all kind of look the same. And they I think they missed a huge opportunity doing uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, a spinoff, Heroes for Hire. Well, I think Defenders not being good really hurt a lot of it. Yeah. Um, And I read this somewhere, but and I agree. The problem with these shows is they like, glass they glance over like these serious themes like like they tease like something some sort of serious theme that has some depth and nuance to it like the the trauma or the rape mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, falling off the wagon or something but it's nothing more than like a cursory glance and then it kind of all the other sh- all the shows kind of 
become sort of samey in terms of how they're shot yeah. and the tone yeah. and like yeah. this overly serious um, gravitas that they're trying to put towards and like these long running cat and mouse games that happen throughout burn, uh, yeah, plots. With flashbacks yeah, yeah, to their, yep, to their yep, childhood. Yep, so they all yep. sort of become the same. Yep. And after five years of this, yeah. it's now like, eh, this all needs to be. It's just like, okay, it's ending. And yeah, I don't yeah. really care that it's ending. It's sad. Again, it was lame duck because, you know, the all the other shows got canceled and we knew this was canceled before it came out. Oh, shit. I mean, it Which still could have been good. It just wasn't awesome. No. It wasn't really that good. No, and it's a shame given what season one of Jessica Jones was and yeah. the good stuff. But, you know, it was never really all connected like they wanted. That's also always disappointing, but it's been long enough where you can, you know now that it's not just forget about it. Uh, but it was a great, it was a great experiment. Crazy five years. At least we got these 13 seasons of these characters in some form. We may <laughs> see them again in the future. Yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't say that they're done. I, yeah. I could see some of these shows coming back. I don't think everyone is completely done. There is that thing where they got to wait a few years. But, uh, for example, at the end of Homecoming, you know, we talked about how Peter's identity is out there. Peter's going to need a lawyer. Who do we got? We got the Matt Murdocks. That would be amazing. Also, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk is a lawyer. Oh, you still think that these are going to cross over? I, the I, main don't know. Marvel? I don't know. Absolutely not. No, no, Matt. No. If they introduce a Matt Murdock, it's not going to be Charlie Cox. I, I am ninety-five percent sure that this will never cross over into. Okay, so then Marvel. the only hope, it, like we've talked about these 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 IPs, these characters have, is on Hulu in some form. Uh, we're going to get a Ghost Rider show now on Hulu. That should be a little bit darker in Hellstrom. You could easily start bringing in some of this mystical stuff here, and or bring in a Daredevil, a dark. I don't know. I, I mean, they really don't like all the comic booky stuff now now this this these showrunners and what they were doing here they did not they wanted to they want to keep, keep it grounded it like, and real yeah, they want to be like real and grounded and it's just like which was kind like of it. the exciting promise in the beginning that you were going to get like uh, you know hbo style grounded superhero and they started doing that a little bit but then they kind of went all over the place Oh, though the appeal was yes, they would be grounded, but eventually they would build into a character that was more recognizable to what you've read in the comics, and they never they never give they, you that. They tease no, you. They never give that. They always tease it, but they don't really even even the teases are just like, oh, haha, that's kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah, it's always played for a joke, which is why I mean I thought it was brilliant to, that they picked Jessica Jones because that literally is her costume is the fucking jacket and shirt and jeans. Right. I mean, she did have that cheesy one years ago, but. I feel like that's her uniform, so it works well. Well, mm -hmm. well, it was a fun ride, Marvel on Netflix. We'll miss you, but we're kind of glad it's over. <laughs> because if this is all you had left, uh, just let it let it end. Yep. Yeah. I can't believe we've outlasted the whole Marvel on Netflix this podcast. Do you believe that? Yeah, Marvel's Netflix universe. <laughs> Jogadir podcast longer than Marvel's Netflix universe. Speaking of podcasts, I got two podcast recommendations. I mentioned one earlier. Uh, listen to this week's episode of Voice from the Underground, where I got to visit the underground. I'll put a link in the show notes. We talked about Spider-Man Far From Home and some other political stuff and cigars. It's always a fun time when you go over there. And I got cigars, cigars like big, like Haas did on your spinoff episode. Yeah, he did. He brought the humidor segment. 
Uh, and I got all three of them. That was the best thing. That was, I was like, oh my God, they're all here. Uh, second podcast to check out is the other podcast I do. It's called Trivia Geeks. It is a trivia game show podcast, and I am the host. Oh, shit. They let me host the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I will put a link to an episode that is a Trivia Geeks Jock and Nerd mashup. We have Matt Delhauer going up against Jimmy Graben. None other than this, Jimmy Graben. I love this movie. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. I was geeking out to meet Jimmy Graben. Jimmy was geeking out that he got to meet Matt and, and myself being a listener, uh, being the awesome listener that he is. Uh, so, And he knows a lot about sports, and he proves it <laughs> in that episode, uh, getting all these questions right. So check the show notes, which you can find at jockinerd.com slash 283. All right, Anthony, that's it. Any final thoughts for the lovely listener? Um, Tell a friend. Spread the geekery. <laughs> this is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. I was going to do that. I wasn't asking you to do my job, oh. but. Or, uh, come on, guys. We got a rally. We got to donate to the show. Come on. Let me on. tell you about Tony, all right? Dollar. Tony ruins lives. <laughs> Stop ruining lives. Just to give us some money. Yay. Give no. us all your money. Tell all your friends. Follow yeah. us on all the social medias. Thanks for Spread listening. The geekery. Spread the geekery. Join the empire of stupidity. There you go. Do everything, listener. Do it now. Do it now. Grab my hand. Thanks for listening to the Chuck and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Chuck. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. That's a big fuck up right there. Oh, right. Lame. Somebody touch my spaghetti. Up right there. Oh, right. Lame. Somebody touch my spaghetti.